what's going on everyone welcome back to another episode of for the love of cinema where our motto is we just hope it doesn't suck this is episode 289 broke it up into two parts a and b b Thank you. 289A, posting on 8-3, will be a discussion on The Long-Awaited Nope by Jordan Peele. And 289B, posting on 8-6, I think, will be a discussion. Oh, 8-5, will be a discussion on the Netflix original The Gray Man. The two most handsomest men on the planet face off. <laughs> no no more trailers for Nope. Thank no, God. thank goodness. I, <laughs> man, we saw the trailer so many times. Oh, yeah, absolutely. My goodness. All right. I'm one of your hosts, Grayson Maxwell. Joining me, well, actually, not joining me as he does every week. Roger is still out. He's on vacation, still floating around the floating around the world in his balloon. I'm somewhere. Guessing. That man is half naked and having a good time. Half naked and having a good time. <laughs> half naked, living his best life, chugging those period. chugging those natty ice beers. That's for sure. He would too. Mm-hmm. Or Keystone Light, one of the two. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, and joining me today is our perma guest, Chris Alien Bond. Ooh, all right. I have a good name for you when you do the Gray Man. You're you're really gonna like that, Chris. You're really gonna like it. I better. <laughs> oh, you will. You're gonna. You're definitely gonna laugh. <laughs> um, how are you, man? How was your week? Week week's been good. Um, I feel like we just talked the other day because we did. So the pacing of our shows is a little bit different right now. It's so. a little off right now. We're just trying to accommodate everyone's schedule. So yeah, yeah it's a little off. But I mean. Yeah. We, what'd you do on the weekend, man? How was your weekend? The weekend? What did I do? What day is it today? Monday? Today is Monday. <laughs> oh God, man. So we, oh, I played, I played badminton yesterday with my family. Badminton. And, uh, there you go. Um, we, we play badminton mixed with volleyball rules. It's just basically badminton with a volleyball net height. So, it, and we get pretty extreme with it. You know, there have been, there have been bones broken and bodily injury during these, uh, these events. So Whoa, good time. that's hardcore. Oh, yeah. I tell you what, it is. that reminds me, that reminds me of that reminds. So anyone who plays Monopoly with friends and says they don't lose friendships, you're just lying. Um, I have a feeling it's going to be a lot like your badminton experience. So I, so when we played friends one night, we, st- we played, so sorry, we didn't play, we played Monopoly with friends one night. And so I'm, I'm, well, I'm guessing by your badminton story, you guys are all hyper comp- competitive. Oh God. Yeah. My whole family. And like, yeah. And you go for the, you want to make sure you, you know, you dive and you, you know, you hit people out of the way just to make, you know, I'm so with this story, I'm assuming that you did that anyway. So we started Monopoly one night. We were all hanging out at my buddy Bobby's house. Uh, we, I think we started Monopoly like eight o'clock, you know, a decent hour. Yeah. And by one thirty, we were still like, people were tired, but no one wanted to quit. Because every, like we're all hyper competitive. And then, the unthinkable happened. My buddy Tom, he was gonna die, he he was gonna be out of the game, and he sold everything to his girlfriend at the time for a dollar. Oh and no! That the sent betrayal. Me over, that sent me over like I was four and a half hours in, and you're gonna pull that bullshit? No, the thank betrayal. you. Betrayal. And I just stood up and I just kicked the board and all the pieces. I said, "Fuck this." I'm leaving. And then I just well, left. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that he, that after four and a half hours, he just flipped the board and like somehow him selling all this stuff to his girl is far worse. Yeah. Because you can't. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. I get it. You know, everyone's oh, cutesy, cutesy. I'm playing with my girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. But when you play a board game with friends, you play to win. You play cutthroat. You eliminate your girlfriend. If you have the opportunity, it's all, it's, it's no holds bar. Everyone plays to win. Monopoly is not a game for the faint of heart, Chris. It sounds like it sounds like you're against love. (laughs) I thought against love. I was just look. If I invest four and a half hours of my time into a game with some people, I'm going to see this thing through, and that's just just how it's going to be. And then 
he sold everything to his girlfriend for, and that's just, that was it. I was done. I was, I just left. I, I didn't talk to any of them. I didn't talk to any of them for like a week. I was so mad. Yeah. That, that's how that went. But so I'm, I was, assuming, I mean, you, I'm assuming your badminton experience is a lot different than my Monopoly oh, experience. <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, not really. So like, I mean, we, we shoulder check, you know, each other underneath the net, man. Like it's, there you, go. you know, that's grand, prison rules. You know, that's prison rules. Badminton right there. Brothers, cousins, grandmas, everybody, you know, there's no, there is no, there's no mercy at this. Grandma's shoulder checking you, and you're like, Grandma, she's like, take it, bitch. Basically. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. Sorry, a little, little violent start to the, to the podcast, but it's, it's, a, it's a good one, though. What did I do in the week? I've been stranded in Pittsburgh. Um, I, usually come home see, I usually come home see my mom, uh, take her out to lunch on Sundays, say hi to my family if I can, my friends. But so my car on. My car on like a week for a week ago today. It, um, I, I went home and I made a stop to get some dinner. I went back into my car and didn't start Monday oh. Monday afternoon evening, and so I had to tow to Roraconda in Pittsburgh, uh, and it is they still haven't touched it. I've been, this is Roraconda in Pittsburgh. This is a PSA. They have to be the worst dealership in the United States of America. Wait, wait, There's so, no worst dealership in the world. So when did it arrive and, and they haven't worked on it yet? They got it Tuesday morning, and it's um, Monday. And it's Monday. It's been tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow will be a tomorrow will be a full calendar week. That's that bad. They, that is bad. I'm not happy. Like I'm not happy. I've had to belay so many plans, and this is and I keep calling them like, yeah, we'll get through it. I'm like, um, you guys have got to be the worst mechanics in the world. And like I, I just so when I get my car back, I'm I'm gonna save everything I'm gonna say to get my car. Back. I don't want to. I don't want to let them have my stuff while I. But they're just, as you trash them yeah i wouldn't do that but i mean it's just how do you not have someone's car ready to go within a week like how bad a job do you have to be but i'm I mean, I've, I've been pretty upset about that maybe they're very good at their jobs and they're super busy i mean that could be but they i mean why wouldn't you just update me then you know why wouldn't you just say hey here's what's going on we have this part ordered it's on back order we'll have it in two days like why wouldn't you just tell me that instead of just saying oh well we, we're, we're getting to it we promise we have a lot to do well, I mean, like, what are you going to do? Have your car towed someplace else and worked on? <laughs> I may. It's it's funny because when it happened, the night that it happened, um, somehow word the next day at work, the, the the Teamsters all like, next time that happens, just have it towed to our guy and he'll fix it for a much lessened cost. So now at least I know if I'm in Pittsburgh, my car breaks down, I know where I can take it for a decent. I mean, working on movies with Teamsters has its privileges because I mean, I was say, like, you got, you got, living. You got like a, a movie movie studio guy that'll fix your car. Hell yeah! yeah so that. I mean, I'm I'm thinking about having it towed elsewhere tomorrow or Wednesday. I haven't decided, but this is Jeez. a little absurd. Yeah, that's rough, man. It is, but I mean, I'm surviving. It's okay. I'm 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 getting by. A lot of a uh, a, a lot of feet power to get around Pittsburgh right mm-hmm. now, but yep, it's good. It's good feet power. So like, I, I there's two things that I wish on nobody. I'm not a car guy, so I, so it's frustrating to me when I have a car issue. So like, I wish car trouble on no one, and I wish computer trouble on no one, because you know most people don't know how to you know fix either of those two things, and it's frustrating. Like all of a sudden, your world's different, you know, when you don't. No, no, you 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 you're right, and it is extremely frustrating. Uh, and when I told my sister, of course, siblings have to poke you in the ribs and twist a knife. They can't just let it go. So I I, I text I sent in the sibling mass text, and then my sister's like. Well, I mean, you should learn, learn learn how to do things yourself. I'm like, <laughs> what? You mean like everyone knows how to like all, all three of my siblings know how to just replace a fuel pump? Is that what you're telling me? I and mean, my brother's like, they? my brother's like, um, YouTube does exist. 
but he's like, <laughs> I, I feel for you, man. I, 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 I do. And my older sister's like, hmm, maybe if you weren't such a bitch, you'd be able to fix it yourself. <laughs> I like your sister. We should have her on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hate it. I, when I'm when I'm mad, I don't want the knife twisted. Not by my not by my siblings, but I'm gonna give her a good shoulder punch when I see her again. Don't you worry. Don't you worry, <laughs> sister. I'm I'm coming for you next time we see each other. Uh, um, that's the worst. Anyway, you know, car trouble, computer trouble. You're right because like those take a very you know focused skill to know how to fix and or oh, yeah. deal with, and that's just not one that I have. So yeah, if I get that, either one of those. All right, so um, let's just cross finger fingers crossed. I I get my I gotta get my um get my car back this week. Fingers crossed. <laughs> All right, Chris, this is episode two hundred eighty nine of For the Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema. It was posted each and every Tuesday and Friday at five a.m. on Podbean. We send distributes to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Each and every week, we start with the box office, current and upcoming releases, what streaming trailers and movies of the week. Without further ado, let us hop into the box office, shall we? We shall. Closing on, on the big 300. Mm. Almost there. D- DC League of Super Pets, number one to no one's surprise. 23 million domestic, bringing in a worldwide of 41.3. Ouch. That's not good. That could that movie should have done, excuse me, should have done a whole lot better. Nope. Number two, 18.6 million, bringing in a worldwide of 80.6. It's a pretty respectable number, but Chris, you say the budget's around 68 million? Yes. Yeah, 68 million for Nope. So that's not a great that's not a great two week number with with the sixty eight million dollar budget. No, it yeah. is not. Number three, Thor: Love and Thunder, thirteen point two, bringing a worldwide of six hundred and sixty three. Guys, stop a watching measly. that movie. It's bad. A measly, a measly yeah, six hundred million. Yeah, pocket change. You know, <laughs> a, a couple pittance. of pennies. A couple of pennies here and there. Yeah, it's, it's just doing okay. <laughs> Minions: The Rise of Guru, number four, eleven point oh million domestic it's, worldwide. Eleven. Yeah, it did, and this number is going to surprise you. 712. I never would have thought Minions would have outperformed really? a Thor movie. Never in my Dang. life. I know. I mean, Thor will have uh, Thor will have more legs than Minions will after um after DC, you know, is rolling full swing. Well, but only because Thor is part of the Marvel universe. That's the only yeah. reason. Yes, exactly. But I I I I expect Minions to do nothing next week, like almost nothing. I agree with you. Yeah. Um but I mean, you'll be surprised at our next one, number five, Top Gun Maverick, in like its <laughs> in, like, in like its ninth, tenth say, week, still pulling it. in eight point four million dollars. I told you it was going to come around ten million, didn't I? He did. I mean, it's doing quite well for itself. Uh, one point three billion. It's past the one point two mark. I didn't think I was gonna, like. This thing is still just trucking along. I'm very Man. proud of it. Go for I'm that. I'm so happy. Yeah, I'm so happy for Top Gun Maverick. You don't yeah. you don't have any idea. So I was thinking about today the ripple effect of Top Gun Maverick doing well is going to go for years. Like all these 80s franchises like holy crap if if we make a very faithful mirrored sequel maybe we can do something. Now not all well, I mean, there aren't many movies that have the iconic pull of the 80s that Top Gun did. I was going to say so so on this point Top Gun isn't a franchise though. I mean maybe now it is you could say but like it it, it was a one and done, you know what I mean? So I think a lot of your big '80s stuff is all like what that, that's like your your diehards, your Lethal Weapons. Those are all like those are all been done movie. already, yeah. Well, and they have movie after movie after movie in the same. You know, they are a franchise, so it's like for a Top Gun to come out twenty years later. You know, when people only had one and they're dying for more, that's a little different than like you know, lethal, you know, Lethal Weapon Resurrection coming out. You know, in two thousand twenty three. I think um, it'll have I a think you're, I don't think you. So the thing about Lethal Weapon though is. 
I would put Lethal Weapon 1 and 2 in with the best ever, ever in cinema across the world, sequels, original and sequel. You know, I would, I mean, I don't know much outside of, I don't know how many make that list outside of American cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, I, I would put Lethal Weapon 2 up there with Terminator 2, up there with Godfather 2, up there with Aliens, Man. up there with some, like, no, I would put Lethal Weapon 1 and 2. Now, I, I, after that, it, it falls off a cliff pretty, pretty harsh. But I mean, I like Mel's stylings. He still has it, though. Mel never mm-hmm. lost it. I don't know about Danny Glover, but. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Danny Glover's an American treasure. I love Danny. I mean, Glover. look, Danny Glover really is too old for this shit now. I mean, like, <laughs> that's it. That, that's his iconic line from Lethal Weapon. I'm too old for this shit. Maybe but they I mean, maybe, maybe they replace him with Steve Harvey. I'm telling you, if you watch Lethal Weapon one and two, you'd be surprised how well those that sequel hold, how faithful it is to the original. Um, and there's this, I love. There's this um, in the commentary to the second movie in one of the in one of the the pack releases where you can get all four. He talks about how that was it. He was supposed to Riggs was supposed to die in the second one. Gibson, I think, I think Gibson's Riggs. He it is. He is Riggs. Um, he was supposed to die in the second one. It was supposed to be. He was. He was never more than a wounded warrior in the first one. Returning from Nam, he wasn't quite right. He survived the first movie. In the second movie, he again he had the kind of the same. You know, he just with women he has terrible luck with women. Um, kind of a tragedy and then he wasn't supposed to survive it he was his story to a close and he did and the studio said sorry you can't end it like that you, you, he's got to live and the director was like uh oh, no, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and then three was you know three is not the worst movie in the world but it's nowhere near the caliber of one of lethal weapon lethal weapon two nowhere near yeah. Some of those conversations in one and two, I would put up with the best conversations I've ever heard in film. Like just sparring on the best. There's one or two of those conversations that are amazing. Hmm. Just man, those women hold up well. Anyway, so no, I'm I'm excited for the kind of the re, the resurgence, the rebirth of the Lethal Weapon, especially with Mel and Danny Glover. I just want to see what they can do. Well, I, I mean, just want I mean, to see if they still got it. We quite literally have Mel Gibson still making movies like today, so it, it's not out of it's not out of the question that he'd even like you know be in it, have cameo or whatever. You know what I mean? So, I, well, they they I tried that Lethal Weapon show that didn't do anything. So yeah. I'm assuming they're returning to the but you can't you can't replace a Mel Gibson. You just can't. I'm sorry for those of you out there don't like him, and I, I I understand and I support your hate towards Mel Gibson if it's warranted. I mean, he's he really went off the crazy deep end, you know, for, for, for a while. Grayson Maxwell on record supporting hate. Got it. <laughs> well, no, I don't. I don't. Like, <laughs> I can understand how someone's like, you know, Mel, he's just, I don't like him. I'm like, okay, fine. I get you there. But if you separate Mel from what his crazy behavior from an actor, Mel is still as good an actor as any in Hollywood. I mean, oh, yeah. he still got it. He never lost. And he still got the voice. He still got the gravitas. He still got it. Like, hmm. that's what, that's my point though about Mel is he never lost it. So we'll see. We will see what that happens with that. But I'm I'm very excited for that. I actually cannot wait to see what they can do with that one. I'm 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 assuming I'm not, I know where it's going to go because of the same the very common threads through all four of the lethal weapons. I'm sure there's going to be you know Glover's daughter is going to make another pass at Mel and he's going to playfully play it off. I'm mean, I'm sure of it. I'm sure of so many things that's going to make a. You know, I, I mean, I, I hope the Leo Getz character is Joe Pesci still alive. I don't even know that. <laughs> Joe Pesci still alive. <laughs> he was like, even though, even though he was annoying, he still was like, a, he's still a mainstay in that. 
in Lethal Weapon. I mean, he's you know num- number two is okay, 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 whatever, whatever you want. Leo gets, Leo gets. Like it's, he's still he's annoying, but he's he's essential to those characters. Um, I don't know, but let's just I keep saying. So, oh, so if you if you Google is Joe Pesci, <laughs> is Joe Pesci the top search prediction is Joe Pesci's total. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh man! Oh, that's. I mean, like, that means like thousands of people are asking that same question: Is Joe Pesci still alive? I mean, he is still alive according to Google, but I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't checked myself, so I, I don't, I don't know. But all right, where are we? At? Okay, so looking at the recent releases, this is where we start to slow down quite a bit, I think, uh, as far as like reasons to go to the theater for a lot of people. DC League of Super Pets and Vengeance, both theatrical, both came out July 29th, which was a couple days ago, Friday. August 5th, Bodies, 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 Bullet Train, and Easter Sunday. Keep in mind that Bullet Train is only theatrical and IMAX. Um, that's that's kind of a movement now starting, and Wait, I'm, I'm really, really? I'm really happy that, yeah. I want to see that movie, and I won't, get, uh, I won't get to see it? Bullet Train? Is it going to be in our area? Yeah, no, it's it, it, no, it's only theatrical and IMAX, meaning it's not going to be on streaming anytime soon. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah I I mean, there's, a, I there's a big, there's a big push now with a lot of these big actors. Yeah. Like they're they're yeah. turning down roles for the for for the studios if it's not going to have X number of weeks theatrical first. Yeah. I thought you, I thought you meant like IMAX only. Was oh like, no, 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 gotcha. No, but that's um, and I can't now that I've seen more of the trailer for Bodies. I can't say I'm excited for Bodies, Bodies, yeah, Bodies, Bodies, but, Bodies, Bodies. I was like it's going to be. It's going to be worse than what than the new scream we had. I mean, if I have it, if I have if I have a way to if I have a way to get to the damn theater, maybe I'll watch it. But um, <laughs> I, might, I might get my car back in seven weeks. Who, who knows? You, you may have to allegedly talk to Roger about maybe seeing movies another way. I don't. I mean, allegedly, allegedly, yeah, yeah, yeah. allegedly. August twelfth, Fall, Inuo, Mac, and Rita. Uh, Day Shift on Netflix also comes out on Friday, August twelfth, which is the. We talked about that, the yeah, Jamie, yeah. Jamie Foxx vampire thing. Yeah. Uh, August 19th, Beast, which is Idris Elba. Beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful Idris Elba, you handsome son of a gun. <laughs> and Dragon Ball Super, Superhero yes. and IMAX. Gosh. That's one that you're, you're, you're definitely going to make the trek to an IMAX theater for that, I hope. I really want to. I'm going to try to. What, what, what date does that come out? What date is that? That is August 19th. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to try, try my damnedest. Try your damnedest. August 26th, which is Friday, The Invitation, Samaritan. And September 20... No, no. Oh, sorry. sorry. September 2nd, Honk for Jesus, <laughs> Save Your Soul, and Spider-Man, No Way Home, the more fun stuff version. That's going to be the test, you know? I mean, if... Yeah, we'll see. Spider-Man, No Way Home, the more fun... If that movie comes out and does an additional $700 million, which it that, could... That'll come out before an entire year is up of its run, you know, already. So in less than a year, they're going to re-release that movie with more time. But I mean, imagine if it does another billion dollars. Just imagine. Oh, it'll, I mean, it's amazing. Good for it. It'll be the, well, what, the highest grossing of all time. But we're going then. Then we're going to get every single one of those movies. It's not only going to be made a certain way, but they're going to they're going to they're going to purposely cut footage out of it. No. Well, so to, hold to on. No, later. I don't know about that. So the movie is already a long movie, right? It's already pretty lengthy. Yeah. So. I think movies like that that have, you know, a tangible value in the things that they have to cut out for time, I think we get more of those movies getting released later on. And if if they're good movies, it doesn't hurt anybody to have these movies released like that. 
as long as it doesn't hurt in the original launch of the movie, I don't think it's I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it just means that more people get to see something that they really love and enjoy a second time with more shit and theaters again. There's nothing wrong with that because the movie going experience, you know, while it's you know not as strong as it used to be, is still a wonderful experience. That's my kid back there. That is, she's wailing, man. No, I I understand that, but how, however, what you're gonna get if it if it does, I mean. I don't know what the number is that they're expecting for like if it hits the, if it hits this number, then we look at this more closely. Is I'm telling you, they're going to start doing this intentionally, is cutting out ten minutes and then reinserting it for a re-release later. I'm telling you, they're going to start doing that. This world oh. is, is this world is, is driven by money, dude. I don't know. So so while Hollywood is very progressive in a lot of things, and there are absolute and there's absolutely a lot of you know money stuff that happens in, in the world, especially in the United States. I think that there is a weird sanctity in Hollywood for like these kinds of things where like you don't just cut things to make money later on. I don't think they'll do that. You know, like directors and producers and, and these people, I don't think they'll have it. I don't think they'll let that happen. At least, as, at least while they can, you know what I mean? Oh, I, I think, think you're, that, I think you're I think wrong. They'll defend that. that. Oh, I don't know. I, I think you're wrong. I think, because I mean, especially with a lot of these people that a lot of these top end people, high end people that, their sal- their bonuses and salaries depend on back end of sales. Oh, I think you're, I think you're being a little too optimistic on this for us. Now I don't know. This Maybe. is coming from the. I mean, this is you know the, this is the Matrix thing where like the Matrix split the last movie into two movies and then like a ton of things started to do that. Um, I mean, I'm surprised. Honest to God, I'm surprised more of the Harry Potter movies weren't split. All yeah, of them, no, I, I all of them after three could have been two movies. The books were all long enough after three that they could have justifiably been two movies. And they could have said, there's so much content here. We got to do it. Now, I understand yeah, but, why they want to, but. Well, they probably they probably couldn't because they knew that their uh, their actors would age out. Right? That's what I'm saying is, I mean, people age at a normal rate. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't have, you know, Daniel Radcliffe when he's 37 playing a 17 year old. It just doesn't work like that. But, I mean, they could have done it if they would have sped up. The, I mean, they could have, given the money they were making, yes, they could have paid additional teams to prep and while they were shooting one, prep another, sure, they could have done that. But, okay, yeah. I mean, this is what I don't, I mean, this is what I don't like is if you, now this is a little tangent, but if you think that somewhere in some boardroom of a studio there isn't a way that, let's say they have a movie they're, you know, they already have a movie and like, how can we possibly split this into two? Or how can we possibly make people pay twice for this? If you think that conversation hasn't happened a dozen times, you're wrong. Oh, you're no, wrong. no, absolutely. But again, I think right now there are people in place that are like, no, that's not going to happen. You know, I'm not, back doing in, that. I'm not doing that to my film, you know, back I think in right two, now that's in the place. Back in 2002, when I started at Carmike, I said by 2010, we're definitely going to have movies where they they shoot two endings and they just ship different different theater chains have different endings to yeah, to big movies. I thought for sure we would we would have that by 2010. But we well, we haven't. So I don't yeah. think that's too far out of the realm of possibility. I think I think personally I think it'd be pretty cool if you change the last maybe five or ten minutes of these big Hollywood features that come out in the summer. It's a good way to generate revenue for 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 different uh, theater chains. It's a good way to get people you know out and about again. It's I don't know how detrimental it would be. I just don't know where the where the where the ceiling is on that. Yeah. Once you once you start doing things like that, that's just the beginning, and then you just start nickel and diming people. Yeah, sky's the limit at that point. It really is. I mean, it's we're already getting we're already getting nickel and dime by every streaming service, and you really gotta. I mean, you can't have a podcast like ours and not have all the streaming services. 
Now, I don't well, mind yeah, like, at this point. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't mind if, you know, we, because of this, you know, if, if, if they were all to get so expensive that you and I and Roger were like, for instance, maybe we'd share passwords with each other because it's, it is, I mean, if they're all 20 bucks, that's a hundred bucks a month you're spending dude, on streaming services. You can't say that on air, dude. Jesus. I mean, not anymore, but I mean, allegedly, they gotta, allegedly, they gotta, but they got to prove it too. I'm just saying. Yes. You said it on air. You got to say allegedly. <laughs> hypothetically if hypothetically if that happens we might hypothetically start sharing passwords. anyway well, but... so well like like on that note and then we can move on like i wouldn't have paramount plus if it wasn't for this podcast i wouldn't have my daughter <laughs> i wouldn't have... you would have your I daughter wouldn't... for this podcast i wouldn't have paramount plus if it wasn't for the podcast i wouldn't have i wouldn't have apple tv at all if it wasn't for the podcast and i probably would I would only have Hulu when I needed it or wanted it or not the ad free version of Hulu at least. So right there's like what five and then, and then 10 and 10 basically. So that's almost 30 bucks in streaming services. I could be saving a month right now. I'm spending $30 more. I would a month for streaming services. And it's like, you know, it, it gets expensive. You add them up, man. It does add up. It gets expensive. Amazon's the only weird one because it's baked into your Amazon Prime. I get that, but it's still you know worth considering the seven dollars you pay for it by itself for. Right, but I mean, it's also I mean you're not going to have if you order stuff online, which we're you know we all do, then it, Amazon Prime pays for itself over and over and over. But I mean, question is Netflix is the other one you have because you've always had Netflix and probably Disney Plus if you have kids. So I mean that leaves the other streaming services just out to dry because there's no reason for them to really people to really have them because I mean, you can make arguments for all the other ones you've already, you've had for years, except for yeah. Netflix being so goddamn expensive. That's all. Yeah. So, I mean, Netflix is on everyone's cutting on everyone's cutting room floor. Like everybody's looking at their monthly bills and like looking at Netflix going, Hey girl, you're a little <laughs> too expensive right now. <laughs> like, hey girl. Hey girl. You know, we're we're, we're going to be talking about the Hey girl movie coming this Thursday. Because good, awesome. yeah. No, you're, you're, you're right. I mean, it's just, it's amazing when you, when you boil down all, all your expenses, how much how much the streaming service is really? It's just a lot of money. I mean, for most people, you're they're, you're probably paying an average, you know, around a thousand dollars a year for streaming services at this point. Which is pretty insane. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, and someone tells you that, it's pretty insane, man. Yep. Oh yeah, it's a lot of money. Anyway, okay, we're we're moving on. Hmm. Let's uh, let's talk about September 9th, Barbarian, Dark Harvest. September 16th, Moonage Daydream, The Woman King. I'm actually really excited for The Woman King. I want to see what they can do with that one. Yeah. Well, me too, I want to see some good fight scenes. I just want to see some good choreographed fight scenes. It looks like it could be pretty fucking cool, actually. And I'm saying, dude. I really think it might be interesting. September 23rd, Avatar re-release. I'm so excited for that. Blonde oh. and Don't Worry, Darling. <clears throat> that's a big week because we really got I mean, that's like that's three movies that we really have to cover. So that's gonna that's I mean, gonna be a big deal. We could we could not cover Avatar. No, no, hey, no, no, we're definitely gonna cover Avatar. I mean, we've James seen Cameron's Avatar. my boy. We have seen that. We haven't seen this version of Avatar. Are we gonna cover the release of Spider Man? Yeah, of course. Oh, all right. I mean, if we cover that, then yeah, then it's yeah. fair game. All right, deal. September thirtieth, Bros. Hocus Pocus two smile. October. Seventh starts off strong, and that's where we'll stop with Lyle Lyle Crocodile. That was when I was working on um, Harold and the Purple Crayon. That was the other Sony movie on the other end of the building, and they had some pretty wicked. Uh, when I went over to see their when when they were wrapping their special effects and their 
set deck department was in the building and they had some pretty wicked things so i want to see how those translate to the screen i'm really excited to see how that stuff is going to look on screen no no lao lao crocodile okay gotcha 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 I was working on Harold and the Purple Crayon and Lyle Lyle, oh, which, okay. which was just down gotcha. the hall, and they had some they had some pretty wicked props, man. Like props that like I can't in a million years see how they integrate into onto the screen. <laughs> we gotcha. will find out. But there you go. That's going up until October, which is exciting. You believe that we're almost in almost we're almost like in the in the back no, nine. We are in the back nine of the year. It's it's insane. Jeez. You remember when you were like when you were a teenager, you're like, all I want to do is be twenty one. Now I'm like, all I want to do is go back to be a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Time moves so slowly when you're a kid. It just crept. And now it's like you blink and five years just go by without anything, without any kind of warning at all. Anyway, I, I know I'm being weird and kind of nostalgic, but it, <laughs> is, it is what it is. It is what it is, man. I hate that phrase, by the way. Hate it. Hate it because it doesn't mean anything. What is it? Define it. You, you can't. Anyway. We, we, we have a philosophical debate on that later on because I, I, I love that phrase. But it's Let's take a look at what's streaming HBO Max. And next week we're going to start the – I'm going to email you and Roger because next week we start fresh with Netflix again. So, bam. News of the World, number one, directed by Paul Greengrass, Tom Hanks, Helena Zengel, 2020. If you remember, that movie came out to some pretty decent accolades and some Oscar nominations. So that's available to watch. The World's End by director Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Patty Considine, Martin Freeman, Eddie Marsan, Rosamund Pike, 2013. That's also, that's very, have you seen that one, Chris? Which one is it? The Pike? Um, the Pike. The World's End. Oh, no, no, I have that's, not seen that. That's right up there with Shaun of the Dead and those okay. Edgar Wright. So, yeah, no, yeah I that's seen it. the Simon Pegg, Nick Frost movies. I really enjoy those. Uh, Dodgeball by director Rawson, Marshall Thurber, Vince Vaughn, Ben Stiller, Christine Taylor, Rip Torn, 2004. All those are available for your viewing pleasure on HBO Max. Ooh. Dodgeball, I still think, is pretty hilarious, man. Dodgeball, Dodgeball stands up. It, it's, even, though, even though it's still like, I still consider it like slapstick of the day, but. Yeah. Some of those, some of those one-liners are just—they catch me off guard every time, and they're so brilliant. No, dodgeball is still a good time, even even in 2022. You can watch that and have a good time with it. Yeah, I, I think so, and it's it is very 2004-ish, and that's why I like it. Like it's very of the time too. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. Love it, love it, love it. All right, let's talk about some trailers. I know this, this was a big one. Black Panther two: Wakanda Forever by with director Ryan Coogler again. What do you think, Chris? So I'm going to say this, and I think everyone, I think a lot of people feel the same way. Say what you want about Marvel's current streak of movies, how things aren't things aren't too great right now. They've had a couple of of average movies, you know, that kind of thing. I believe in Marvel one thousand percent that they are just going to pull their shit together and crush this damn movie. Like they are going to destroy the box office. And reviews. This movie is gonna be out of this world good. I think. I bet it's phenomenal. I don't think they're gonna. Excuse my language. They're not gonna fuck around with this movie. They're gonna. They're gonna crush with this thing, hundred percent. I mean, I hope so. I mean, I want all these Marvel movies to be great. If they're part of the bigger storyline, which this one is, I want it to. I I just want it to be a great movie. I don't. I just want all these movies to be well thought movies not the drivel that Thor was. And the more I think about Thor, the angrier I get because there's so much evidence in that movie that suggests they just pander to the lowest common denominator. And I don't like that because the Marvel movies didn't used to do that. You know, when the, when the, when the MCU started, it was, it was, they were actually thought provoking movies. And now they're just, I just, 
I don't see any of that in Thor. None of it. I mean, so I mean, Thor's an example of a of a a pretty a pretty bad Marvel movie by Marvel standards. Absolutely, which is but. a shame because I mean, Thor is one of the he's one of the key heroes in the in the Marvel Marvel saga. So it's, it's yeah. just just it's a shame that Thor ended up being what it was. And I was thinking about. And I just, you know, just a little food for thought. I was thinking about the original Thor, and I, I love the original Thor. And you know, you and Roger don't think as, as as highly of it as I did, but the way that movie ended, the sacrifice of destroying the Bifrost to stop to stop his world from ending. Or her, I've <clears throat> I forget who, exactly how that played. It's been a while since I watched the first Thor, but he had to just he had to destroy the bridge to the Bifrost in order to to prevent calamity, right? Well, and yeah, his, yeah. And his great sacrifice was. Well, he can't see Jane anymore, and that mm. that movie literally ended with him no longer being a spoiled brat as a child, but kind of an adult now. Mm. He's grown up a little bit. He understands what it means to be a king, to struggle, to be a prince, to actually have weight behind your decisions. And then you know he's walking with his he's walking with his father, having a conversation, and then uh, f- uh, his father and mother have a conversation. And then the narration of you know he's grown up now. He. And then they're talking about what he's looking for, and he's looking for her, Jane. You know, it's, it ended on such a high note. Thor, to me, has always been a romantic story. And there's, it's funny how I think Thor, the first Thor is the height of the— I mean, I understand people love Ragnarok. I do. Personally, I think the first Thor is the height of the Thor films. And then Thor, Love and Thunder is absolutely— <sighs> <laughs> I want to say it's worse than than the Dark World. I personally think uh, it is worse than the Dark World because at least in Thor Dark World, we still had a focused Thor who was what the character always should have been. Christian Bale's too good in in Love and Thunder to make He's it worse good, than, but I mean, than also Dark the, World. Also, the more I think about Gore the God Butcher is the more I think his character was kind of directionless also. The motivation I don't think was there for him to kill all the all all the gods. I don't. No, I mean lo- losing your. I mean I, I think that's the that's the non-parent in you talking out loud because that's. I mean that's that's fair. You and you and Roger would have a much I mean, as losing far as, your losing as your as child as far as participants can, on this show. You and Roger have a much better you know yeah, gauge no, for that. No, feeling like the gods are responsible for the death of everything you love, including your children or child. Yeah, that's enough to send you know some people over the edge and murder everyone in your path that you think is wronged you nope yeah absolutely no he's he's got a direction i just think the movie is so discombobulated with you know the way it 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 tells its story that it can feel like there's no direction just because we can see everything happen with gore off screen but this isn't about this isn't about that movie though because we could talk about that again for another hour yeah another four hours if we wanted to but no so I, i i agree with you on that but um, I just I want them to be good, and this one, no. it, the first Black Panther is a decent movie. No, it, it, I um, think I think it's a great movie. It's it's it it's absolutely you know top tier for Marvel. I love that movie. I, I think Killmonger was one of the stronger villains. I was actually kind of pissed. I was kind of pissed when they killed him because I liked uh, this is this might be a weird take, but I like Killmonger more than T'Challa. No, I, I mean Killmonger is absolutely a a fantastic villain, one one of Marvel's best, and. If you haven't seen the um the what if stuff, you should watch it because uh, Killmonger actually makes an appearance in there. That's really oh, nice. Cool. Okay, I'll check that one out. You I, you know, I haven't. I've been so laxy with all the. I know we have like. I know we have She Hulk coming out, which we're, which we're, which we're going to talk about in a minute. I mean, 
I, I mean, I haven't watched the last two or three of those. I know there's like some of the Star Wars stuff. I, I really need to catch up on that, but I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll get to it. It's just a matter of time, but I'll, mm. I'll get to it. And we have that, you know, Andor is, I saw the trailer for Andor today posted and I don't know what's going on with that, but <laughs> we will get to that. Let's talk about, let's talk about She-Hulk then. Yeah. 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 Good, good segue. Um, I'm much more interested in this with this trailer than I was with the first one. I, I, I agree. I'm much more into She-Hulk as of right now than the first trailer really didn't do it any kind of justice. It didn't, no, because like this is seems far more interesting, honestly, and we get some glimpses at some cool stuff that some, that fans will be excited to see. And just the the def, the definition of her character, a little bit of the jokes, seeing Bruce way more, has more involvement than we think. I think all of that is gonna is gonna move this to like people's watch meter a little bit more, and I'm way more excited now than I was. You know, I hope one. so because I mean, there's a lot of those YouTube videos. Like it's you know, people you know people like to like to hate on stuff they haven't seen, which I don't understand why. But I mean, people are always like saying she hawks gonna suck, and here's why. Like I don't watch mm-hmm. the video; I just see them. I just see them pop up in my feed. Yeah, <clears throat> but it's like one of those. I mean, I would prefer all of Marvel to be the sent like theatrical releases movies i, I prefer yeah. all of it but there's too much money to be made and there's too much story to tell no i'm i'm okay with the with the with the the episodic stuff you know but i i would like for stories. i would like for some of these to be they don't all have to be 10 episode seasons or eight episodes Agreed. like i agree with that i mean she hulk i just want some of these to be if if one of them can be told in five 45 minute episodes and just do that and yeah. then just let let that be that story for that character. You know, what I mean, just it doesn't have to be eight or ten. Don't like I don't know, squeeze it in. But probably has to be has to do with contract stuff for actors. Though, maybe. Oh, I'm 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 sure I'm sure it does. Yeah, I'm sure it does. But yeah, there's so there's there's also some interesting things in Atlanta right now. With a lot of the studios are pulling out of Atlanta, so it'll be interesting to see if Marvel stays. Mm-hmm. There's 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 a lot of politics in Atlanta. That there's always politics in Atlanta, but yeah. yeah. I know a lot of the big studio. I know Netflix is trying to pull out completely. I know Lionsgate is trying to pull out completely of, of, of Atlanta. So we'll see what happens. But, and I know like seven states this past three or four months, I know Pennsylvania's film tax credit skyrocketed. It was like something small, like 2025. It's now like over a hundred. So there's going to be a lot. And I know two or three other, maybe four or five other states also really increased their cap. So maybe there will be instead of everything focused in Atlanta, maybe it'll be a lot more spread out. Huh. So that's always a good thing. Give more work to more crews. I'm always about yeah. that. Um, all right, let's talk about me time with Kevin Hart and Mark Wal naked Mark Wahlberg. It's better than Man from Toronto, Fiend. You already you already think so? Yep, hundred percent. I don't know. We have, we haven't seen it. It could be it could be just complete. Tra- I mean, look, the Mark only Wahlberg thing is the, I don't the think only, it's be trash. only thing it's lacking is Kaylee Kuko. Other than that, I'm in. All right, fair enough. 100%. I, I'm excited to see what this I mean, look, I like Kevin Hart. He's he, he's hard not to like. He's a comedian. He's good. He's got good timing. He's a hard guy not to like. So I like him, and I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt every time until I have a reason not to. If you notice, Me Time is also Netflix. So, yeah. you know, Kevin Kevin Hart is really in bed with Netflix. He is. Oh, he has been since I, the specials, though, I think. I mean, yeah, he's had like what three or four specials he's had several yeah. several five or six movies mm-hmm. that are netflix so i mean he is definitely in bed with netflix so yeah, that's I not mean, a bad thing i just i hope it's better than the bills yeah i mean man from toronto was pretty bad as far well, as it was netflix content is concerned so yeah 
Let's get into the movie of the week, Chris. It is time. Right. We have me. We have just babbled on for th- almost forty minutes. <laughs> let's talk about Nope. Yeah, nope, let's nope, talk nope. about Nope. The movie we've seen the trailer for a thousand billion times. Let's talk about Nope. All right, Tomato Meter, eighty-one percent. Mm-hmm. Audience score, sixty-nine. Nice. nice. But so usually, I mean, I'm surprised the audience score is lower than the tomato meter, especially, especially on a, on a, on a Jordan Peele movie. Uh, people love to love a Jordan Peele movie. Well, they do, but there's been a so there's actually a some number of stuff about the history of movies now that's kind of interesting though. So, Get Out is the is his first one, and it was hot, and that's that's like that's the cream of the crop for Jordan Peele currently as it stands, and especially if you go by the. Rotten Tomato scores where he has a 98 critic score and a high nineties audience score. But then with us, he still has like 89% for a critic, but it goes down to 60% for audience score, which is his lowest audience score. And then this one kind of brings the audience score back up to 69. Nice. Nice. And his, um, the critic score is its lowest at 81%. So he's actually, if you look at him, he's actually on a downtrend for critic score all the way across. And then his audience score is sitting between 60 and 70 on the last two. So no, get out was absolutely his, is so far his most, you know, his highest rated movie, highest reviewed movie, I guess. And then these next two have not hit with audiences as much as the first one did, but critics love them, but this is still the lowest scoring movie by far right now. Interest. Well, I mean, I don't, I mean, look, you can't, as a director, every movie can't be a 98, man. I mean, no, no, have, and I, no, I get that. Yeah. I mean, you're going to, those, those days of Hollywood are, are, are so far behind, are so far behind us that the people yeah. born times are now like 80 years old. No, I mean, yeah. well, maybe 60, but it's, you can, you can definitely make a good effort. I mean, so let's talk about what, okay. So when Jordan Peele, obviously his thing is suspense mm-hmm. and, I mean, the master of suspense, Hitchcock, I, you know, there's so many of his movies I love. And I mean, I, I, I know you're laughing. We, we kind of talked about this before, but yeah, yeah, it's, you know, a lot of people are saying, is Jordan Peele the next, next Hitchcock? And let me tell you what you remember the last person someone said, I mean, the last person that people referred to as the next Hitchcock was M. Night Shyamalan. And then his next movies were <laughs> for like 10 years were terrible. <laughs> so, I mean, it's hard to find. I don't think anyone can be the next Hitchcock. What I think they can be is. Hitchcock like I mean I think we already had the next Hitchcock if if we're gonna argue that though in who Michael Bay oh thank you for feeding my ego yes thank you <laughs> um that's a joke ladies and gentlemen he's not being serious um I feel, I feel like I had to add that before people are like Are you serious? <laughs> um no but as far as suspense it's I mean I get out is my favorite of the three so far I I, I will admit get out is my favorite I think that was the tightest narratively I, I think it had this, the, the the simplest and most powerful narrative line all the way through the movie, mm-hmm. and so I wasn't I I, I, I I didn't hate us. Uh, it just wasn't as powerful as it, it was. It was doing a lot. I appreciate uh, I, I I can I appreciate an ambitious movie. I do. Mm-hmm. However, ambition requires. It's a much harder thing to pull off in the end. So, out of the three we've seen now, out of his three films. Uh, Us is my favorite, actually. Okay, and okay. I, re- I really liked it. I loved the the tone of the movie, the pace in the movie, and just it, it definitely had. I liked the way I liked the story behind it. 
However, it has the worst ending of the three movies, but that's fine. Its ending is super weak and it does hurt it, but it's my favorite one of these. I can watch Us again. I don't think I ever need to watch Get Out again. And I and this movie, I'm going to have some positives and some negatives for, but after seeing this movie, I don't think I'll ever turn it on again. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, th- here's get this movie to me is like the Babadook. It was I actually really enjoyed it up until the last X number of minutes. Okay. And then I'm like, ah, you ruined what you had going. Was it the whole act three or was it like, like the very end of act three? I think the, I think the last, I mean, the, like the second half of this movie is a very different movie than the first half. Okay. At least in my mind. I mean, they, Jordan, I think this movie makes the cardinal sin of showing its hand way too early. And after Mm -hmm. you do that, it's really hard to come, come back from that. It's really hard to you know i mean it's this movie does a lot well so let's just let's just start start talking about it then shall yeah. we sir i think you should do the uh the explanation this time because okay. i'm i feel like i'm terrible at it that's all right so i mean let's look let's get some particulars out of the way uh i to be honest i was kind of mixed going in i didn't know how i felt but like i really kind of thought it was a strong start and not a strong finish but so the movie does better than than i thought it would so like I had actual lower expectations for this one and I was pleasantly surprised on how much I enjoyed my time watching it. So that that's one of its positives because he does make a damn good movie and he does. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute. Go ahead, go ahead. You do your thing. All right. Daniel Kaluuya as OJ Haywood, Kiki Hello. Palmer, both. I'll be honest, Daniel uh, Kaluuya and Palmer both do a pretty fantastic job. Oh God. Yeah. They're both great. <laughs> They're amazing. Steven Yeun um, as Jupe. Brandon Para as Angel Torres, Michael Wincott as Craig, Barbie Fiera as Nessie, Donald Mills, Terry Terry Notary, Jennifer LaFleur, Keith David, whom I love, and it's only it's, it's sadly only in the movie for you know a few minutes tops. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, written and directed by you know superstar Jordan Peele. No. What is what is what is Nope? How would you, Nope is it? It is. <laughs> how would I describe Nope without giving it away? How would I uh, so honestly, in my humble opinion, my unprofessional opinion, you don't really give away anything. With, you can't give away anything in this movie. Well, it's like, just okay. Okay, you, you can't get you. There's there's a few things you can, but you can easily just like give a description of this movie without spoiling anything. Well, okay, okay. In a in a in a small in a small area in California. Uh, people witness something, witness what could be and and what, what could be an alien craft, and how to deal with it. How they yeah. deal, how they deal with that small part of the world, their small part of the world. And it's interesting because people have been experiencing this for a long time. You know, there's there's an entire show. Not I'm not talking about there's not not sitcom, but there's an entire like sh- live show done on location, depending on this particular thing that mm. shows up. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too. Yeah, no, I agree. So I mean, let's let's just get into it then of how we have the Haywood family, which has been doing horse training for, for films yep. for Hollywood for a very long time. They were one of the first in the game. Uh, they have a very long pedigree. They've been doing it forever, but I mean, lately business has been falling off, and especially something Otis Senior in the beginning of this film is. There's falling debris, which, which I mean, we're supposed to be led has come from a plane yeah, or something yep. that was passing over overhead. Um, you know, a, 
something lands in his nickel. I mean, I didn't know what it was. And like when I first, when they first show you what it is right after it hits him, like that is, I can you, I just can't imagine. Can you imagine that feeling? <laughs> imagine like, a coin falling from hundreds, hundreds, and hundreds, thousands of feet up in the thousands. air. Yeah, and then just slicing right into the back of your head through your eyeball. Like, can you just? I can't. Well, that's I like one of the running. Eased out. That's like what one of the running gags for the Eiffel Tower, right? Like, like you're not allowed to like have loose change when you go to the top of it or something. Well, same with like I mean, there's there's rides at Kennywood here in Pittsburgh that like you can't. You they 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 have all these canopies over if 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 a line go like so people can't go up on these rides and just drop stuff. They have all these yeah. canopies just supposed to catch everything, which yeah. I don't know if it always does, but. Certainly, the coins dropping on high would just start slicing through the canopies pretty, pretty successfully. I think, but <laughs> um, it's just one of those things. It's just I can't Im- that feeling. I just can't imagine. It's just, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just like there's no way to avoid it. <laughs> what 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 I think this movie does very well, even from the beginning, is it our level of experiencing this thing kind of goes hand in hand with their level of experiencing it. Yeah, because yes. we know as much as they do. We don't know any more than they. Do. So, so it's not like we're getting any more information. Like a lot of movies tend, they tend to give us more information than the characters. Well, yeah. So like, like I think, like imagine a movie like Predator, right? We know the Predator is there and what he is long before, like you know, most of the characters that you know died at the hand of the Predator do, right? And like a lot of your monster movies are like that too, where eventually you know way more than the audience does. About what it looks like, what it can do, what it's doing to the people. Where this one, you know, you're like you said, you're along for the ride the whole time with 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 the care with our main characters. Yeah, of course. I mean, you're experiencing what they do, and you're learning stuff when they learn it. Now, mm-hmm. what? Here's the question that, on my way out of the theater, I want to ask you this, and I want to, with the discussion, kind of see if we can piece this together ourselves. Leaving the theater, which it was a fair. I mean, I think there was like fifty or sixty people. I saw it Saturday night, a mm-hmm. deep, decent crowd. Someone behind me as we were walking out of the theater said, I wish I wish I'd have figured it out sooner. And I'm thinking to myself, usually in these kind of films, like, and get out, you can figure it out. In us, you can figure it out. I don't think there's a puzzle to figure out in this movie. I really don't. I just think it's an experience you have. It's a movie unfolding in front of you, plots, you know, a three-act story in front of you, and you just – that's it. It's no figuring it out. Well, so – Trying not to be too spoilery, but again, I, I think we're past that with the, being the second week. I think that it's because Nope tells you the twist pretty, or, you know, about halfway through the movie. You know what I mean? There is nothing to figure out anymore because now you're just waiting to see how this goes. You figure out, you know, you know who the alien are, the aliens are, quote unquote, and all that other stuff, but like. And you figure that out halfway through the movie, and then you get to figure out how. Now you get to see how our characters deal with that, and if they're successful. That's the ride after after you know you figure out what's actually happening. Well, for some reason, this thing has picked this small little corner of California, which is it's got to be like a stretch of a couple miles to mm-hmm. to really kind of go. In. I mean, there's a reason it does. And I don't. That's spoilery. I don't want to get into that. But I mean, I thought that was interesting too. How they explain that? Yeah. What, what one thing I cannot stand and. Halloween movies is pretty the, the Halloween movies, which we're going to watch one here in a couple months in October is they're very guilty of this is it's kind of a hand wave explanation. And is everyone in your movie just stupid? I don't think that's the case in this movie. A lot of thrillers, a lot of horror movies, 
don't work without some characters being really stupid. <laughs> you know, unlike, you know what I mean? Making really yeah. awful decisions they'd never make um, in, in the circumstance or just decisions that just normal people wouldn't make. I don't think that's the case in this one. I think that's where Jordan Peele kind of shines mm-hmm. when he constructs his when he crafts his stories and his characters is none of them are none of them make really awful decisions. No, not, not, I mean, one character makes a really awful decision, but he does it on purpose. You know what I mean? So it, right. I but think, that's I because, right he's that. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's, 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 that's as good a way as any to put it is what, yeah, he's, his curiosity wins out. Yeah. Which I mean, yeah. I kind of wanted to see more about that, but I mean, I'm kind of glad we didn't see more of it. Well, yeah, because if we would have, this would have went from 2.15 to 2.30 real quick for movie length. So I'll bet um, you, I actually, with a, that little blurb of what we're talking, I, I'll bet you, I'll bet you that character comes comes back in another Peel movie. I'll bet you anything that character comes back. It's possible. We still don't know if, if the Peel movies are connected. You know, there hasn't been any, any denial of that when he's been asked that question. But, uh, but I mean, I'll bet you we we have not seen the last of this character, which I'm kind of intrigued by. To, to be told, because he was a very interesting character to begin with. Kind of, yeah. He's he's not your run of the mill stock. This character, you know, he's yeah. very different. He's got some dimension to him. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I thought was interesting. But go on, go on, Chris. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh no, you're good. It, I was just saying, you know, that he he makes it. He makes that you know that mistake, but he does it on purpose. But no, the, the characters in this movie are all smart and the characters that we get, because we don't really get a lot of characters. The cast isn't huge for this movie, but the characters we have are all interesting for different reasons. You know, even even uh, Jupe is like his past thing, which has a very chilling scene in this movie. Oh, my it's, goodness. It's almost out of place, but I think it's trying to drive home like his motivations and what he's willing to do, you know, what he's willing to put up with and what he's willing to do to make money. So it's every character in here is not stupid. Every character in here is very intelligent and all the characters we get are at least interesting. Maybe the fries guy is the least interesting character, but he brings yeah, good but comedy, but he's still essential though. That's the he thing. Is, like, he he's is. still yep. an essential part of the, he's still an essential cast in the, in the players. But yeah, something you said kind of, kind of intrigued me a little bit is when talking about the, 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 the chilling scene, Hey, I wanted to say, I want to, I want to reference Something we always talk about, a quote about beating E.T. with hammers, absolutely, 100% oh, what would happen. Um, but th- something happens in this movie to me, at least when I was watching it, that doesn't happen a lot is I legitimately was terrified for like 30, 30 seconds. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of this, when this, okay, so we'll, we'll talk about the scene a little later, but I was legitimately terrified for about 10 seconds. I was breathing heavy. I was the hair on the back of my neck was standing up. And I, look, Jordan Peele, I got to give it to you. It doesn't happen often. And so you <laughs> achieve that in me. And I'm assuming you achieve it in a lot of people because it doesn't happen to me very often. Oh, yeah. And I imagine I have a higher threshold, I have a higher tolerance than most people because I've seen every horror movie on the market. So I'm, I'm expecting nine out of 10 things I'm expecting. You think that highly of yourself, huh? Well, I mean, you see so many movies, you start to see where the. <laughs> where the edits and jumps are going to come from, but confidence is key. This movie does start with a Bible verse. Yeah. Which I'm not crazy about ever. And I got to say, like I, I, I was at a copy machine. I was, I was making copies of a, of an, of an invoice in a, in, in a PO. It's like, that's our kind of our process, but, and someone had, had copied some of the, 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 the first 60 pages of the film I'm working on. It's a horror film mm-hmm. um, directed by Lee Daniels. And, 
also starts with a very, very pretentious Bible quote. <laughs> so I'm already not a fan of them, but I mean, those are so hard to get right. You re- you really have to do justice to that quote. I mean, like gotcha. there's few books in history that are as well as much regarded as the Bible. But anyway, yeah, um, it's, a, it's a tough thing to start a movie with in work. And I, th- and I think he does it well. Also, how this movie starts with with the scene in question, I think is pretty brilliant also. Well, which you you mean when when Otis when Papa no, Otis no, no. dies with um with Gordy? Okay, yeah, oh yeah, and I, and, and I won't say more than that, but it's 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 pretty chilling how you see you see some of that scene. You're like, what the hell is going on? And then they 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 show you enough to get you to ask questions. Oh, and yeah. Then they just then it's gone for like 25, 30 minutes, forty wow. minutes is gone. Yeah, it's just gone. Yep. Um, I really I'm really kind of. A fan of when that happens, especially because in a movie like this, it's good enough that I almost forgot about that scene until it comes like, oh yeah, here we go. I can see the yeah. end of it, and it's oh man. But anyway, and then you're like, oh god, I didn't want to see the end of this. <laughs> no, I really that just I can't so, imagine being in that situation. I have a question about that scene. Shoot, where's the girl? That's a, that's a. I mean, I I imagine it was. I I, I imagine she's omitted because. This that wasn't her scene. It was more of Jupe's scene than anyone else's anyway. And without the girl there, they didn't have to show anything, any kind of violence towards her. But maybe she's already ripped in half and behind the coffee table. You know what I mean? Like, oh no. <laughs> I mean, you just you don't. But if she's, I'm I'm assuming she wasn't because we didn't see it. Maybe we saw she... two. We saw two pretty gruesome deaths. You're like, right. Maybe as she... gruesome as deaths get, we saw. Maybe she ran away from from what was happening first and got out. Yeah, maybe or or not. But <laughs> I guess that's for the audience to decide. I also, have some, I also have some questions about the response time of the police in this particular area. That's got to be the worst response time in the history of response times, right? I mean, we're talking like minutes. Well, I was gonna say how how long how long do you think it took? Because, I mean, I don't know what how much you know about chimpanzees, but those things are just pure corded iron muscle. I know. And I I don't think it would take very <laughs> okay, long okay, to okay, do what bad, he's okay, doing. Bad, bad, bad question. I'm just anyway. So we start with this scene that's it's bone chilling in its own right, and it gets later way more bone chilling. And oh it's, god, yeah, a whole different level of just. Oh yeah, it's hard to watch. It, you know, for for a moment. Is, it is very hard to watch. And I also like to point out, so Get Out, if I remember, they used deer to great effect in Get Out. Yep. Us used, what, wasn't it rabbits? Yeah. And this movie uses horses. So okay. I like the theme. And so I went into this movie. I mean, we see we saw the trailer a bazillion times. Yeah. No less than a bazillion times. And so I saw the horse. I'm like, okay, so the horses are going to be the, the animal in this this is the one where the, this is the animal. This is the horse. Now, the chimpanzee is just Gordy's a character that he had to get in for another reason, but the horse mm-hmm. in this movie. So when we go into Jordan Peele movies from here on, we can always expect her to expect be an, an animal, animal right? Yeah. Yes. It has huge thematic resonance through the movie. Yep. And I, I like being, to me, that's like, well, when I go into a Christopher Nolan movie, I know nine out of 10 things already. Yeah. <laughs> so I've seen so many of his movies. I just know what's coming. Yep. But so I also like the, so then this one it's also a very slow start to this movie it it is kind of slower but we 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 get we get the gordy scene the 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 snip 
and um his dad dying pretty early and then and then it's a slow build after that you know what i mean so we we do get get that and it does take a little bit but i think that's perfect for this style of movie though right because at first we got to figure out what's we got to figure out that something's going wrong and we got to figure out kind of try to figure out what's what's happening like you said we're discovering with the characters so it's got to be slow right because they're discovering slowly you know they're working things out and as they get closer and closer to figuring this out things pick up more and more and then all of a sudden this movie takes off and then doesn't stop after that too I mean, because it, it has its ups and downs. It, it has yeah. its its peaks and valleys with pacing. Though I I, I think that's intentional. It has to be intentional mm-hmm. in a movie like in 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 this in a Jordan Peele movie. The the pacing is exactly what Jordan Peele wants it to be. I'm 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 sure of that. So if if, oh, yeah. if, if, if he wants a slow segment, it's because he wants it slow. Oh sure, sure. So and and with all that being said, I will say this: Jordan Peele is absolutely masterful at building tension. Like in a scene, and he does it differently than a lot of other people do. He has his own way of building tension that isn't that doesn't feel cheap or unearned. Because, like, honestly, how many jump scares were in this movie? There weren't really any jump scares. There weren't there exactly were, right. There, there, there were cleverly thought out build up to exactly. a good scare. He uses imagery very well. He uses information that that you've learned as an audience member. And he uses what you've learned to, you know, and takes that and he and he uses that to build tension. He's like, okay, you know this about about this thing now. Now I'm going to show you that happening now that you know about it and like and builds that up with with that information. And like the I think that's amazing. You know, it, it's definitely something unique to how he does things. And I and I absolutely love that. It does feel well, refreshing being I I kind of, I really love, I really love the, the, the kind of the plant and payoff with, um, so there's, there's, there's like a local legend about like these weird looking alien owl creatures that mm-hmm. have been said to appear. And I mean, it's just, oh like, God, yeah. And that's coming in. Like, I like the misdirection we get with that, especially yep. when that's the, the creep. I think like that the, I I think those are creepier than than the actual that, thing itself. That's the creepiest thing in the movie, right? Like that, that was the creepiest scene by far and away, though, because like it, I didn't like that at all when it was happening on screen and we didn't know what was going on. Well, like, because it was you know, it was it was well done. That's the oh, thing, it was it, was it was it uses lighting and shadow very well. In that, in there that there scene. was a one of the because you know what you know what also that I, I noticed that like and 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 one thing I like Peel for is he uses the frame. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like he, he uses every inch of the frame to his advantage. Oh yeah, and I love that, and that, and that's what makes, and that's what makes that sequence with um with those alien owl things. Yep, that's what makes it so goddamn creepy. Well, yeah, because like, and there's other scenes too where where the thing that you're that you want to look at is happening in the corner of the screen. It's not happening directly in front of you. There there are things happening in front of you, yes, but the thing you want to see is like is in the background. You know, not in focus on the corner, top corner of your screen, though. So it's like that, and that, and because he does that once or twice early on too, it kind of trains you to like where you're constantly scanning the screen. You're looking corner to corner instead of just mindlessly watching forward to see what you know is is put in front of your face. You're looking for the thing that's that's also you know that has tension built behind it. And you know has purpose, and for you to find it and look for it and locate it. I love that. Absolutely great. I, I'm 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 actually kind of now that we're talking about, it, I'm actually kind of upset that those weren't more of a 
more of a mainstay in the movie especially especially when you find out the truth behind those it's kind mm-hmm. of a little let it's kind of a little disappointing because but oh, it's it not dis- it's, it's not disappointing until later until you walk out of the movie and be like damn i, I wish those little creatures would have been the thing instead well, of the wor- thing oh don't worry the, i mean they're they're a- they're aliens now so don't worry about it well of course but i mean yeah <laughs> That, in any other circumstance, it would be a creepy sound, but you made it sexual and creepy. Thank you, because I appreciate that. That's the, that's the thing, though. With the, I See, I would take anyone that talks about this movie and that says the thing that the big bad is kind of brilliant, I, I take issue with that. Okay. Because I don't, I don't know. This is just my personal opinion, and, of course, it's only my opinion. I mean – this is what I'm going to keep talking about the Babadook. Once you showed that, once you, once I knew what it was, I was very disappointed because a, there seemed to be no rules to this thing. It could just do whatever it wanted. It had rules. They defined them and it does follow them pretty well in the entire climb in the entire third act. It follows the exact rules that they figure out. Well, okay, fine. But you're, you're talking about, you're talking about the rules, how they play, how our characters play its game to yeah. their advantage. I'm yeah. not talking about those rules. I'm, t- I'm, I'm talking about what it can become and what it can do. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. It yeah. Just, it seems to be this indestructible thing that, and we, and again, I'll tell you, we haven't seen the last of this thing either in Jordan, no. in, in the Jordan, in Jordan Peele verse. Well, we s- definitely have not seen the last of it. Something that, that moves, that doesn't move right. Like that thing does. It, it's, it's not going to be something that we can kill. Like there's no way. <laughs> Like, well, no, and it's it's far I mean, beyond I, us. There's so much in this movie that's great, though, especially when oh yeah, yeah. The, the reason I think that the last, the last, you know, the last like 40 minutes of this movie just completely falls apart is because it's so like it's so. I, the first part of this movie is all about like suspense and build up, and the second part just kind of forgoes all of that. You know, I like the suspense. I like the build up. I, I'm not sure. Because then we have this kind of this we have these weird action sequences in the end that don't really. Did you th- okay? Let me ask you this: Did you think the action sequences fit the rest of the tone of the movie? Well, so if you look at it in just black and white terms, no, it doesn't. But we almost get. I don't really. Well, okay. Let me ask you another way: Did we need the TMZ guy? The TMZ guy was a tool to get her a motorcycle. That's all that was, which is fine. <laughs> But that, that I mean, that's a plot device. Well, so there's two and oh, okay, so okay, I'll make another argument for, for the TMZ guy. So one of the underlying points that this movie pushes is what you know, what greed and what the desire for money can can do to you in a negative way. Because you have that in, in um in Jupe and you have that in the TMZ guy. Like those are both glaring examples of chasing the money and chasing greed will get you killed. Period I mean, and, and, the, and, the, and the TMZ guy is quite literally what you said. Chasing the money will get uh, the mm-hmm. you know Jupe or not Jupe, but um, Otis Junior. OJ mm-hmm. is it's all it's it's but like the TMZ guy is literal when OJ is not literal. I mean, oh, yeah. they're, they're they're both on the same journey, but I mean, one just comes through. But that's just showing us for our purpose. Oh yeah, yeah. Of what so it, like what so it means to yeah. So I, I think he has a little bit more of a purpose than just the the plot device. Here's you know here's an electric bike for you, but, and, and screw them for making it an electric bike, whatever it's, 
Well, because that, that, that fits the narrative. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that fits the narrative. So, I mean, I don't yeah. know anyone living – I don't know anyone living in that area would have an electric bike. Really yeah. wouldn't. But I know. That's being said, well, he's TMZ. doesn't – you know, maybe he's not from that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to punch you in the head if you make that argument. <laughs> um, but one thing, it, one, one thing I did want to talk – I did really – oh, cut because I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're, you're good. I was just going to – you know, one last thing on that point was like, you know, the fact that the movie does, you know – build all the suspense and all this, you know, and what is, the, you know, what is this thing? What does it want? What, what, you know, what is it doing here? And then shows you all of those cards in a very, sim- in a, and it's a very simple explanation. And I think that hurts it a little bit, just how it's too simple of an explanation. But I think the tension and is a different kind of tension in the second half of the, in the third act of this movie, because it's not, you know, what is it? What is it doing? It's, you know, are they going to make it? The story that we're being told at the end is about, you know, about them. It's about OJ fighting the, you know, the fact that he feels like a failure and rising up and, and, and defeating this challenge, which kind of feels like this is what started his downward, his downward arc. Cause you know, this is how he lost his dad. Like, it's his rise against the thing that caused, you know, that caused him to start having a downfall and it's M finding her way, finding a, you know, more of a purpose too. you know, she's there back with the family fighting for, you know, for their land basically. And she ends up being, you know, the one that gets, that gets the job done when she didn't have any direction to begin with when this movie started. I think it's telling a different, a different story after we discover what this thing is. Now it's about our characters and their rise. The story was never about the thing. It's always about the characters involved, which of is course. a common, which but is common in Jordan Peele movies. I was going to say that's, that's, that, that's, that's like his, that's Jordan Peele's thing. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it's about the, it's about the stars in the movie. It's not about the thing happening around it. That's just the driver for his characters. This is very much in line with everything else he's done so far in that regard. I think. One thing I did love is now I'm a big, I mean, I used to be more of one, but I'm a big, like I used to be huge in the history of motion picture and motion picture yeah. cameras and how it started. And mm-hmm. I love how they took a real thing, which is Edward yeah. Moybridge. Mm-hmm. Edward Moybridge set up, um, he's famous. Now I'm, I'm remembering this from like, from school, like years and years and years ago, but they used a set of a series of trip wires and camera flashes to see if when a horse is running, all four of its legs were ever on the ground at one time. Yeah. And then and they used photography to figure that out. And I think that was cool. That this movie kind of, it took a real thing, a real thing in history and built this narrative around it. I thought that was yeah. really cool, actually. It was. Um, I mean, I didn't, about the about the, the guy riding the horse, him him being African. I don't, I don't know how true that is. I have to go back and look at, do some research on that. But mm. I mean, it's a really cool thing that they were able to fit this whole narrative around that one little fact. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, and that's, I, I, I put that in the pro column for this movie. That's really kind of a cool. I, I don't think is that going to resonate as, as hard with someone who doesn't care about the, the history of motion picture and film cameras. and all that. Yeah. Probably not. I mean, I've thought it was cool. I mean, I'm a really big geek. I, you know, in, in college, I, I built a camera out of a, not a motion picture, but like a, a flash photography camera out of a shoebox. Hmm. I can use a shoebox and mirrors to literally take a picture. So I'm I'm a big fan of the old stuff without any kind of electricity. And the Chris, you've been in our studio many times. That camera on the table, a Bolex 16 millimeter. Yeah. That is that's that's a smaller version of what Holst had. Okay. Yeah. You know, 
when I was making my 16 millimeter films in school, I would, you have to go in pitch black. You have to load, you have to take film spools and take it through a certain, you have to take the film through a certain path. So it catches, you have to get, you have to get really good at that. And I got really good in school that I could do it in complete pitch black and just, I mean, it took me like 30 seconds to, to switch out one of the reels in the small cameras. But I mean, that's, the, it's got no, it's just, there's no electricity. There's nothing electrical. It's all just wind to power. It's you, yeah. you wind it and then you crank it and then you press the button and it, and the, 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 the built up energy from the winding will send them, will send the, the image or the, the film through and it'll, that's how that works. I thought that was super cool that because when this thing comes around, it kind of sends out an EMP and shuts out everything electrical down or everything that that's, that was a really cool thing. And that's a really cool visual style too. using those. Like it was absolutely the most asinine. How long would it take you to set up 50 of those things? Oh, the, 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 the wacky, wavy, inflatable arm man. Infl- the wacky, waving, the wacky, waving, inflatable arm flying too, man from Wikipa. Yep. That's from family guy. But that would take you like four days to set those up. Yeah. Oh, I mean, well, so he maybe even two weeks. <laughs> well, they, they explained that the fry guy, like he spent his the entire two days of prep doing that, basically, is what he said. So it, it, it did take him a while, apparently. Yeah, but they, they did this montage like it took him 45 seconds. Well, yeah, but like, they said it was like it was like two whole days that they had because they had I, two I, nights. One thing I really kind of and I there's no way to talk about this movie without being a little spoilery. Yeah. One thing I did want to bring up too is the is the cloud that everyone all of a sudden notices isn't moving. Yeah, yeah. Well, so like I, I get him like seeing it, you know, after them having the cameras running, and he you does mean, open. You mean, and you, it, you mean Fry when he's scrubbing through the, and he's like, "Wait a minute." So. No, no, no. Well, Fry absolutely would, but even our main character, because when, when once he's once he's told about it, he's like, "Oh God, yeah, I've been looking at that thing every morning." Like, like, like I do get that, but not not our um. What's his name? The not the camera guy, though. You know what I mean. But they I mean that, that that's that that's the plot device. You know, he gets there. They when when Puyo was writing this, he's like, well, I can't waste time. Yeah, them them showing him. So when they when they show up, he's just gonna say that cloud hasn't moved. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's okay. Well, now he knows. You know, it's like yeah. one of those things. Like it's just that's what bothers me too, though. I get so. you. Well, they got to move the movie along somehow because this movie does run two fifteen, so it, it's it's got to move somehow. And ha- yeah, it was actually a lot longer character- than a, it was a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I mean, this is this is Jordan Peele's longest movie too. But I mean, like you know, having one one character figure it out sooner than the others, fine, whatever, get us to the good stuff. Yeah, I'm okay with that. You know, that's something I can forgive in the in the scope of the movie because. I do get a lot of good out of this, right? Because, like, we've already talked about, you know, like, the, I don't know. The, I've talked about the way I love how the tension's built in this movie. I love the imagery. This, the, the Some of the shots, man, are cool as hell. Like, when he's, one of the big shots we get with him, you know, running, like, straight down the line. And he, he throws out the flag parachute. And the the ship stops, like, like hits its e-brake and rears up. That's such a cool shot. Like in the the spacey sci-fi nerd in me, like I had a, I was I was so giddy with with joy watching that part because it just looks so good. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Good. I'm glad glad you enjoyed that. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed that. The um, see, I don't. That's one of my big problems with this movie is that when they finally reveal the thing, it's just to me, it's almost it undoes all of the buildup that the movie did to build up to that point. Maybe. So, so I can see, 
So the audience score being the lowest that we've had so far, or like one of the lowest we, that we've had from him, been being pretty low compared to the critics. I can see why a lot of the audience would be like, huh, that's, well, that's stupid, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I can see people saying that. But I don't know. Besides the fact this thing looks like that giant parachute that you used to play with in gym class when you were a kid. Like, besides that, I, like, once you're told what it is, I'm kind of like, oh, okay, that's what we're dealing with. Fine. Cool. What's next? Because we can't do anything about it. We didn't make the movie. Jordan Peele did. And what we get out of this film, I think, is, you know, worth the, what some people might find as an underwhelming big bad monster, you know, whatever. Because you can consider aliens monsters, you know, in, in, in a monster movie. So I, I think course. it's, I think it's forgivable. Because there's a lot that happens in this movie that's pretty damn cool and pretty damn good and entertaining. I was kind of surprised, actually. I was too. When the when I was surprised when the when the movie ends and people the the character list is still as big and robust as it is. Yeah, right. Because well, you got to think about everyone at that at the Juniper show. Well, I'm I'm talking like. Our characters, not the people okay. watching that really weird the the Jupe of the West or whatever the the Western yeah. Jupe show. I don't yeah. mean that. Although that was pretty, that was interesting. I, yeah. I didn't expect that scene to play out like like it did either. It's nope, just, me neither. <laughs> um, no, that's a really strange way to. I mean, you'd think people would just stop going there. People kept disappearing. <laughs> well, I don't think be... people. I think that was the first time people went disappeared, right? Well, I mean. Only... It was horses until then. Well, it was it was horses and animals and other small yeah. things, but yeah. But like all that debris that rained down in the beginning, he sucked it up. I mean, there were car keys in that. Oh, okay, yeah. So I'm like, That's a good point. We're we're assuming that people have been sucked up many times by this thing. But like, it also plays into that thing with like, it also plays into the whole you know UFO thing mm. with you know the whole. I mean, he's big into sci-fi. He's big into thriller, and yeah, you know, you're you're playing into the whole UFO. Now, if that were me, I, I mean, I kind of joined one of the characters, and I'm like, cool, take me up. I want to see what's going in there. Yeah, I mean, at least in some way, you know. And and I like the imagery we get from from the inside because it it there's a few shots that happen that like that go right along with what we get from the imagery on like the inside of the of the UFO. So I thought that was interesting and in a in a, in a good use of of like of those shots. I agree. And it's all, it's like, it's, but that, that's like the weird uh, sci-fi stuff that it either works or it doesn't. Well, yeah, I get that. You know, and all that weird stuff. And then that one woman being sucked up in the thing right or right above her. And she starts to scream terrified. Like that's, it, it either works or it doesn't. Yeah. Jordan Peele's just lucky that it worked. Because I, I mean, mean I, I could, I could very easily see this movie being way cheesier than it is. Yeah. But you can't say lucky because he's done it three times now where, you know, this is, very high critic ratings. And you can't say it's luck at this point because he's planning all of this. Like all this has his, it's got his watermark all over it. It's isn't, got his lucky also, isn't lucky also the name of the horse. Oh, good callback. Uh, nice. I hate you. Nice. nice. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's, uh, I mean, but I mean, that's not, that's not by accident. No, that is a very intended thing that, oh, yeah. you know, absolutely. Especially the horses. Uh, what about some things you didn't like, Chris? Let me ask you that. So things I didn't like, um, I, I, I too was a little off put by like, you know, like when we get the explanation behind the UFO. Yeah. It's kind of whatever, you know, the, 
the nerdy sci-fi geek want a little more out of that, I guess. But, you know, again, we got what we got there. Pacing was fine. The movie, the movie's not too long. Cause like I was, I didn't, I wasn't bored at any point in this film. Things I didn't like, I like, I don't hate anything in this film. I don't think there's plenty that I'm lukewarm on. And then there's a, there's a good bit that I really like. I don't think I dislike anything. Nothing that I could like point out and go, well, you know, I really could have done without this or this needed to be removed or I don't agree with this choice. Everything else is fine, I think. It's an interesting movie, I think, to say the very least. Mm-hmm. And I understand that's a very generic phrase. Interesting, interesting. But it's, I don't think it's a altogether incorrect statement here because you have some, you have what I think is 10 material going on. Then you have some, what I, what, what I think is five material going on. Okay, yeah. And yep, if you I have, that. you know, that's the thing in like in a math class, if you have, or in any class in school, if you have a, if you have five A's and five C's, B average is the best you can hope for. Yeah. So, I mean, but there's some really interesting things going on here. And I, th- my, I, I, I guess my altogether generic analysis, you know, the further out you go, the more broad you get is the movie loses. It lost me. I liked the last sequence. I thought it was very entertaining. I just don't think it was as good as the first, you know, the first two thirds of the movie, I think are better than the last third. Okay. Yeah. It's more, it's more interesting. It's more, I think in a way, even though it's less action packed, it's more exciting. I think interesting is the best word that you already used. I think it's more, I think the movie is more interesting before the act three, hundred percent. But you know, I, I we got far more action out of this movie than I thought we were going to get too because of the last scene, which I don't know if this need or didn't or didn't need action. I just think that, you know, that what we got in the end, I mean, it the last act of this movie is absolutely a spectacle, right? It is. It is. It's, I mean, even especially the scale when she, is so big. Oh, man. Especially when she goes and uses that weird camera thing in the end. Oh, God. Yeah. Yep. To, yeah, her, to, her, to, her, to her advantage. Yep. And then, and of the course, when thing. she... And then when she, you know, gets up in the last one of the last um, images we see is she's, of course, almost center screen looking, you know, through the camera past it. And then we see there, there we see him. He survived yep. our boy. Oh, yeah. So I'll bet you we get it. I don't want to say I'll, I'll, I'll bet you because I don't want to bet on this, but I wouldn't be surprised, I will say, if we get a sequel to Nope. Maybe. So far, Jordan Peele has been pretty adamant on he wants to always make original content. Instead of making things, you know, making things he's been, you know, asked to direct or making like the continuations of his own content. But maybe down the line, like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if we see the UFO again down the road. I wouldn't be surprised if we see, you know, one of these characters come back in some way, shape or form, like you said, with uh, with the guy with the camera guy. So, no, I, I agree with you on that. I just I think the movie does a good job of. I don't know, just doing what people does. It's, it's, it is thrilling and it's categorized as a thriller. The movie is more interesting in the first half. Absolutely. But the movie's damn right. Entertaining, at least in the last, in the third act. Oh, I was glued. I was, I, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I was, I was a hundred percent glued the entire time. It's just, yeah. I was less glued <laughs> towards the end, but I was still like, <laughs> I still love what they were doing with it. Mm-hmm. I yeah, still, I mean, I agree. I think Daniel Kaluuya is such a good actor. I, I, man, I mean, he's got. I mean, in my mind, he's like one of the top four. He's male a very, actors. he's a very interesting guy too. Have you ever seen him? Uh, do you do you watch Hot Ones at all? Plug for no, Hot Ones coming. No, you should you should watch some of it. At least some of the people that that you admire within the Hollywood you know industry. 
Um, he has a recent interview on that show and it's, it's, it's a very good interview. It's very interesting. Like, like hearing him interact like as a person and just answering all these questions, he's just, he seems like he's just a, a overall awesome dude. Yeah. He's, he's, but I mean, he's such a powerhouse on screen. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's like, he, it's like, he understands the craft of acting almost more than anyone else acting right now. He does so good with, with raw emotion on his face. Like he does such a good job with that. I think he can, like, like he's just the range of like what you can feel from the character, from his characters just by, you know, this is facial expressions. I think is out of this world. Good. Yeah. It's just, he's just incredible, man. And, mm-hmm. and he's such a big part of this movie. Like I mean, I I thought Lupita Nyong'o, she was in Us. She was exceptional, man. Mm-hmm. Like she was so good, and that's how I feel about him in this one. He is so good in this one, right. and it's Agreed. just, I mean, Peel. It's very obvious that like Peel in his movies chooses one of the characters to really give his all to, to I really think... make stand out, and like that's their movie. I th- yeah, I was gonna say. Well, I think we got two out of this one, right? Because both of the well, both Kiki of our Palmer's leads. good, but her character's not as strong as. I don't think it's as strong as um, OJ's character, though. I don't know, man. I think they're. I think they're both.Ually, now that I think about it, she might have been written to be like a little stronger. As, uh, I, th- I, f- I feel I like she's she's good. she's she's more expressive too because she's also got. I think she's got the biggest arc. She does absolutely. She, she does. Yeah, she definitely has the biggest arc. Yeah, especially from like when we first meet her when she you know arrives late to the to, oh, yeah. to the commercial shoot, yep. and then she and then she tries to pedal her own stuff before mm-hmm. the before like the, the the needs of the company it's like because eh. yeah. the company's her side gig she says it herself yeah and then it's it just it's it's really interesting how her arc plays out oh yeah you know it's funny agree. the more the more we talk about this movie the the, the more positive i get on it <laughs> well sometimes the discussion does just that yeah no it, but it's it's like i said i can't think of anything glaringly bad that i felt about this movie some of it's great some of it's just good which you know, those are higher. That's higher marks, you know, than what a, a lot of movies get. I agree. I agree. So I think we should move towards scoring this bad boy. What do you think? Yep. I think me too. Yeah. Okay. So you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I'll go first on this one. So right. as an average movie going guy and so far being very, very much in, in, in enjoyment of, one of Jordan Peele's movies and thinking the the other one is fantastic as well for his third movie. This is going to be a, this is going to be a hard seven for me. I really enjoyed my time watching this film. I just don't think now that I've seen this thing play out, I don't think I have any reason to watch it again. If you like Jordan Peele, what he's done so far, I think you'll get a lot of similar vibes from his other movies in this movie. I think you'll, if you love great acting, I think if you love cinematography, sci-fi, there's a lot to like in this movie. It's just like, to me though, it's, it's a seven. I don't think I'll ever turn it on again. I can recommend this to anybody to see it one time. Great movie, great acting. Sound is awesome. Visuals are amazingly done and a decent story all the way through. This is, this is a good movie. Yeah, this is, this is as solid a seven. I think as I can give it's, Mm -hmm. it's well-earned. There's, I think there's a lot of room for improvement here, but it's, man, it's solid. It's a solid, good movie. That's the thing is like to, to, to be, I think to be a solid seven is almost better than being kind of a shaky eight. You know, you're like, maybe an eight, 
you know, like one of those, like, no, this is a very solid movie. It, it, it just, it does a lot right. It does a little not right. But I think overall it's a, especially from a movie from like a movie experiencing the first time. Yeah. This has one of the more profound impacts as a first time experience than other movies do, because I think you're right about this. Like it, this would be a tough one to just, oh, let's watch Nope. Yeah, that's not gonna. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're, like, not gonna, you're not just you're just gonna toss it on. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're gonna fall asleep watching. Nope, mm-hmm. I do not. Nope, I do not. <laughs> yeah, um, that's the thing is, and this is coming from the guy. Like, I mean, in the past three weeks, I've watched The Eagle like four times. Okay, yeah, with with Channing Tatum and Mark Strong. I, I love that movie, man. It's just, it was so easy for me just to fall asleep to, but hmm. it's in the same. But it's also a much easier movie to watch than. It's 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 it gets the it it gets the high Hollywood treatment of, you know the the ups and the downs and the, and the cinematic score and this is a little different of a, a little different of an experience. Um, it is I can't I'm trying to think of another movie that would be like that the the experience is oh Crash I was thinking about is the first time I watched that movie I was just in awe of that movie when it. Have you seen the 2005 crash, Paul Haggis crash? I don't think I have, no. When like, that was one of the first movies, like there's 12 or 13 storylines. They all, they all intersect at some point or another. And she's like that, that one best picture in, in, for 2005 in, hmm. in 2006, for 2005. But yeah, that's a lot of people say that's one of the worst best picture nominees, but I mean, a best picture winner, but Hey, you know what the worst, you know, you, you know, you know who the, the last guy in med school is a doctor. Or the last person, <laughs> the the last person in the med school class, guy or girl, she's, they're still a doctor. So gotcha. it's, that's still a best picture winner. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the first viewing of this movie, I think, is going to be the most profound for most people. Yeah. The the real dedicated Peel fans watching this one again will 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 definitely get more out of it. Yeah. So I may give it another viewing. Um, it's in a, it's it's on the IMAX screen right now in in Pittsburgh and and the big and the waterfront theater. So I oh, may check yeah. it out again. If I get my car back, um, <laughs> I may check it out, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I really feel bad for you and Roger. You guys really have to travel to get, because the, at the, the big D auditoriums and the, um, the marquee auditoriums, they're okay, but they're not IMAX. Yeah. So I, I'm, yeah, I'm going to spend more time in drive time to watch dragon ball and IMAX. than I am actually seeing the movie. <laughs> Maybe you come to Pittsburgh and you you now watch that one one, one one night. All right, get some popcorn. Yeah, yeah, cut, hell yeah. Cut a hole in the back. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa! How'd, how'd you know how I like the party? You know, I just I guessed. You know, I've known <laughs> you for some time now. I just you know, I'm some assuming some things. This is uh, when yeah, that, you, this is it. That, this is when yeah. you do the outro. That might be a really good. That might be a really good IMAX movie to watch though. I um, think so. I'm I'm not I'm not the biggest Dragon Ball fan, but I I, I do love the stuff I watch. I, I I do love in that universe. So maybe yeah. that that'll be one I watch. And I'm I, I definitely plenty of bright colors. Mm, I love me some colors. All right, this has been episode 289A of For the Love of Cinema. Each new episode posts every Tuesday morning and Friday at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five: Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment. Comment rate. Sorry, please leave a comment or two rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. Sorry, I couldn't read for a second. More importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. I'm Christopher Ro- Rog is at Rod Stillian. <laughs> Text him and tell him you want to see pictures of him half naked drinking beer and just see what you get. 
I imagine you get a lot of poop pictures. <laughs> you know, Roger's been known to send those around, but you know, those were our younger days. Anyway, send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. Check us out on YouTube. And next week we're going to be taking a look at DC league of super pets and prey on Hulu. Yeah. So that's exciting. Very much. So I can't wait to see predator seven, wherever, wherever we're on predator. Oh, don't do that. That's the predator sound. Isn't it? Am I, am, am I wrong? Nothing new. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs>